0: Ray, you and I both know most businesses just pick a a number out of the air and say, let's grow to that number. But there's no rationale behind it. There's no why behind it. And that's where a lot of the unnecessary suffering comes from trying to grow a business is there's not clarity in the goals. What matters most? Why does that matter most to us? And now let's actually come up with a plan to get there. And as simple as that sounds, it's a very disruptive principle for most businesses because they don't do that.
1: Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast, an auditory journey through the latest in marketing, branding, and advertising. Now, here's your Marketing Expedition Guide, Ray Allen.
2: On this week's episode of the Marketing Expedition Podcast, I get to speak with Jacob Badsgard, and Jake is the founder and CEO of Disruptive Advertising. An entrepreneur at heart, Jake is a relationship-first kind of guy that loves learning from other people's life's experiences. He's actively worked to create an environment where people feel seen, heard, and challenged to take that next big step on their life's journey. When he's not juggling his many roles within Disruptive, you'll find him putting in a lot of miles on his bike or running and spending time with his wife, Teresa, and their four children we're going to talk all about marketing and business and EOS and connecting all kinds of fun things and stories about how he has helped his clients and how he got started and things he doesn't want to do and doesn't like to do and things that he does like to do and all the things. So stay tuned for that. You don't want to miss this episode with Jacob. But first, it's time for our Marketing Essentials moment, the basics that you need to continue to help you build your brand and your bottom line. Today's topic, I wanted to talk about how joining online communities can help you build your brand and your bottom line through sharing and showing value that you can offer to the people of the groups that you join or the communities that you join. So think about things like LinkedIn groups or Facebook groups, or on Reddit, or other places that people go to seek out information. Kiora is another one. If you can offer up your expertise and your knowledge and give examples or samples of something or advice that you can give, it puts you in a place of being a thought leader in your industry. And sometimes that can turn into opportunities for you. Now, something to consider because a lot of people will try to market to you and want to do business. I saw that we're in the same, you know, LinkedIn group together and wanted to connect and then they want to sell you something. It's not all about just sell, sell, sell. It's about adding the value that you can give when people pose a question or they have information that they're seeking. And then you can respond with your experience and try not to be responding in a way that will degrade them or put them down in any way, but offer your advice or my recommendation or my suggestion would be, or I have done this before and here's why it worked or what happened because of that. And it'll help you to build that genuine reputation and form those solid connections with people that are relevant to your work. So finding where your target audience is and being in those community spaces can really help you to grow your brand and your expertise. And then maybe down the road, they'll want to work with you because you've given them something of value that they needed in order to solve a problem that they may have. So if you're there to help be a problem solver, now I'm not saying you have to give away the farm. You don't have to give everything away, but just give them enough to recognize so that they can recognize that you have some expertise in what it is that they need. And so you can turn that into an opportunity. All right, now let's get into the interview. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen. I'm the president and CEO of Peppershock Media and the founder of the Marketing Expedition Community. And today's guest is Jake Badsgard. Welcome to the show, Jacob.
0: Ray, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
2: So I love to just share a little bit more. I know we've got your bio and all that, but just give us a brief background kind of on how you got to where you are and what you do now.
0: Yeah. You know, sometimes it's, it's actually a fun exercise. <laughs> if I went back 10 years ago and had a conversation with myself to say, here's how the journey is going to play out, like it would almost be hard to believe. <laughs> and uh, as an entrepreneur, there's this part of me that believed it would be 10 times bigger than it currently is. And then there's this other part of me that never expected it to go anywhere.
2: <laughs> huh. Yep, I I, I can and, relate to that.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, but what I do know, and what I've really appreciated about that journey is, it's the fact that we don't know how it's all going to play out is actually what's made the journey so enjoyable, and with so many opportunities to learn and grow as a human being as well as a professional as well. And so, um, as far as as far as my disruptive journey is concerned, I'm ten years into this now, and. I feel like it's taught me how to be a better husband, how to be a better father, how to be a better listener. Those were things that I did not expect that would be skills that would be required uh, to grow the agency from myself as a freelancer in my basement to a $25 million agency with over 100 employees. Like I didn't expect that to be the case. And so it's definitely been a wild ride to get there. And I didn't realize how much of that would be dependent on my personal growth um, to, to have the capacity to work through those things.
2: Right. To be able to scale and grow and be a part of it. That's pretty amazing for sure. Yeah. Huh? So I, I have to first tell you part of our mantra is to disrupt, connect and inspire so I love that disruptive advertising is is what you do. <laughs> so let's just share a little bit more about what that means to those that are listening that are like, well, what is disruptive advertising? I mean we can have a guess. but in your words, like what does it mean to to be disruptive in advertising?
0: Yeah. Well, I'm gonna give you two definitions because that's evolved over time. Um, I've always loved the concept of disruptive. And what that meant in the very early stages of the business and still holds true today is that you don't have to outspend your competition from a performance marketing standpoint. You can outsmart them by spending less, but more effectively. And my background was actually as an analytic web analytics consultant for years where I would integrate ERPs and CRMs to marketing data to really help them spend their dollars super effectively. So that was where the disruptive concept came from. What I've realized that's even more impactful than just having great data and spending more efficiently than your competition is actually having clarity on what your goals are, why those are your goals, challenging why those might be your goals. Are they actually aligned? Is that really what we want to do? And then aligning a marketing strategy to get there. Because, Ray, you and I both know most businesses just pick a a number out of the air and say, let's grow to that number. But there's no rationale behind it. There's no why behind it. And that's where a lot of the unnecessary suffering comes from trying to grow a business is there's not clarity in the goals. What matters most? Why does that matter most to us? And now let's actually come up with a plan to get there. And as simple as that sounds, it's a very disruptive principle for most businesses because they don't do
2: that. Right. It's against the norm. It's not what has always worked before. So why should we change, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And so like... Some of my favorite questions to ask businesses or the the leaders in those businesses actually kind of take a step back and say, give me an example of a a client or a customer that embodies why you're passionate about the brand. What value did they get from your product or service? Talk to me about that customer. Um, And then I'll ask them a follow-up question is, talk to me about... Uh, someone that works at the company, that you're proud of the opportunities that that's created for that employee and the organization as well. And when they say, this is how it like, for the right customers and clients, how this just adds so much value to their life. And here's like the experience that some of our employees have that can be transformational. And then when I ask the question, how does that relate to the goals that you said you want to accomplish? And most of them are like, I've never even thought about it that way. Mm. Mm-hmm. I've never even thought about it that way. And I'm like, well, why would we want to go for a goal that doesn't get you more customers like you just described and more employee experiences like you just described? Would we even would we even want to get to that destination?
2: Right, right.
0: <laughs> if, if it meant your customers were having getting less value and your employees were getting less value as well. And the answer is, I, uh, mm-hmm. everyone's like, whoa, let's take a step back and decide what we really want to do here.
2: Oh, that's good. And going through that process really helps with the storytelling that they Mm -hmm. share and that storytelling can be very powerful, right?
0: Absolutely. That's the funnest part of marketing. Yeah. Because not only are you helping align goals and a marketing strategy, you're getting all the ammo that you need for talent recruiting and for prospective customer um, marketing as well. When you hear those stories that the founders or the leadership team are proud of and how they show up and how they have served their customers and their employees, That's where all the marketing gold exists. And then you just get to put it into fun campaigns to help other people see that that could be something they could have as well.
2: Absolutely. And that's what has helped you become successful and being able to pull those stories and all of those goals out of them and get them to where they need to go, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, that's the funnest part of what I do. I'll tell you what the opposite of that is. And I have probably more experience with this, Ray, Mm -hmm. than what I just described. Mm -hmm. It's they ask for something, and I or my team says yes, whether it makes sense or not. And then we go and execute, and then we wonder why it feels hard and not fun, and that our clients or ourselves are never quite satisfied with the results that we're getting from that. And as a marketer, I actually think we need to experience that So that we can appreciate, whoa, when we really do connect to the why behind this business, we can show up with the right goals, the right strategy and the right messaging and story to tell, which is so fun. But sometimes you got to go down the path of, okay, we've got some uh, passionate and opinionated people that think they know what they want. And if we just keep giving them what they think they want and don't show up as a strategic partner for them, Mm -hmm. no one's happy. (laughs) And no one's getting what they want out of the relationship. And I have plenty of experience doing that as well.
2: I always say my favorite thing when we're working with in the healthcare industry, just because you have MD after your name does not mean that you are a marketing Uh, director. (laughs) You're really smart at diagnosing and, you know, caring for people. Let us do our job and let our MD stand for what it's supposed to Mm, (laughs) be. But you're right. right. (laughs) The the type A personalities, right? And and getting Mm them on a path to that journey to understanding, no, really, this is what we need to do. I promise you, trust us. We've been doing it for a while. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay, so what are some of the, maybe, speaking of storytelling, some stories that you've had that you've helped your clients go through this transformational journey with you that really did resonate, that really did work for them, that did get them the ideal clients that they wanted and, and, you know, happiness for their employees. Share if you wouldn't mind, maybe, and you don't have to name names if you don't want to, but just share maybe a, a client success story that you've had, Jacob.
0: Yeah. Which one to pull from <laughs> is always the question. Um, and, and you know, we'll, we'll see how this goes, but it might be good to maybe even share an example of where it, it worked well. Yeah. And then maybe even an example of where it did not.
2: I like that idea. A lot. Um, Go ahead. Yeah.
0: And so uh, what I can tell you is uh, my first client, the one that actually got this all kickstarted 10 years ago, uh, was a tech support company. And uh, there was there was a couple of things that we realized that really ended up becoming transformational for this business. The first one was the first definition of disruptive, which was, we I can actually connect your custom CRM that you've built in-house with Google Ads. And we can see in a lead generation model, which leads are actually converting into revenue so that we can spend more money on the leads that are converting into revenue and stop spending money on the ones that don't. And Um, without getting into all of the details, we connected those dots and we were able to see with clarity where, where their marketing dollars were actually producing for them. And so we were able to make those changes in their marketing campaigns. And then it like, it, it, uh, it was a game changer. They went from like a 25 person company that I had worked at in college and that, you know, one of your first clients is someone that you already know in your network, right? Um, and they, and they grew to like 250 employees because we figured out what no one else in the industry had figured out in terms of where to effectively spend their marketing dollars. Um, and it was so cool to be a part of that growth cycle where they're going from a very small business to a pretty sizable organization and growing at a very rapid rate and kind of setting the trend in that industry. Well, then what happened um, is they came to me and they said, hey, we don't want to be the break... Uh, you have a something broken and we fix it, a tech support company anymore. We actually want to be their tech coach and we want to change your brand. And we want to like, Hey, anytime you've got an issue with something technology in your household, you're just going to give us a call and we're going to, we're just going to be a warm blanket for you. And I said, Oh, I love that vision that you have for that, but no one's looking for that. That's not a pain point that people have They What, what actually happens in real life is people have a specific pain point. And um, then they need someone to fix that pain point for them. And when you show up and you develop trust, which is character, competency, and results, then all of a sudden they're actually open to you. This was such a great experience working with you. Let's actually sign up for an ongoing service where you make sure I'm backed up, protected, do all of those things. But it's more of an upsell opportunity rather than a leading with that. Mm Mm-hmm. And and they said, well, we want to lead with that moving forward. And I said, but no one's looking for that. And so that's going to be that's going to be really hard, and it would take a lot of money to develop that. And um, and I said, honestly, I actually don't think it's going to work. And um, I think it works great as an upside. I think it doesn't work this other way. So they went all in on that strategy, and I told them, I said, I actually don't believe in this strategy. Uh, I don't think it's going to work, and it didn't. And the business went into decline ever ever since they did that. And I think that that's more of a. A success story that also followed up with, uh, and, and the business isn't even in operation today um, as a result of that. And it was interesting to just see that cycle that existed. And and what I found interesting about that is they made it more about who they wanted to be than adding the value that their customers needed from them. And it, it was just interesting to see the rise and the fall of that business model um, and going through that. So a success and a failure right in there for you.
2: Oh, that's good. I think that's that's a great way to be able to for you to build the trust with them, to say, "Here's what I really think you should do, not necessarily." Um, or what you could do. I mean, no don't should on me, right? People don't like to be told that they should do this, but I get it. But then you've established this rapport with them to say, here's what you could do in order to to transform this even in a better way. And I, I like that story a lot because it does it does resonate when people think that they know what they want without actually understanding why they want it. And so this is this is a great uh, do, you, do you have any more? Do you have more examples? Jacob, I like this. This is kind of fun. Let's do well, some more. Ray, Ray
0: you're, you're a marketer. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: And when and you've worked with enough businesses at this point, it is the worst career when you show up doing marketing for something that you don't believe in. Yeah. If you don't believe it's going to work, if you don't believe in the product, if you don't believe in the service and the impact that it's actually going to have on people, being a marketer is like the worst job in the world um because it feels dishonest <laughs> it feels it feels like operating out of alignment to uh like just being authentic and aligned with who we are but on the flip side as a marketer when we are aligned to the goals to the outcomes to the product to the the impact that that has being a marketer is the best job in the world because then we get behind the people the products and the services that we truly believe in and we bring them a voice to expand that their reach and to have more impact in the world, and like what what's better than that to show up and work on every day, and so that that's where I would just say like as I've reflected on because I'm in more of a founder role um, for the agency at this point and not as involved in the day to day, but that's when it feels like transformational being a marketer and that I can help bring a voice to a brand, a product, a service, and the people that I believe in. It's like there's nothing better than being a marketer, um, and I feel like that's just it's awesome. When, but when we don't, having the courage to say, I don't believe in this. I don't believe in the direction. And so I'm going to do my best to, to find alignment with this. But if I can't find that alignment, I'm not doing anyone any favors by showing up and just going through the motions. In fact, I'm probably doing more harm than good as a marketer at that point.
2: Well, yeah, if you don't believe in what you're doing, then the the best work isn't going to come through, not from you, not from your people, not from their people, from your client too. I mean, it it does show if if you don't believe in what they're wanting you to do and, and not becoming order takers, right? Not just being mm-hmm. there as an order taker and following exactly what they tell you to do, because that's not always the right decision. They're not always their right target. They're, sometimes our clients are not their own target audience but they think like what they want is what they think is going to be what will resonate with their target. So you have to separate them from that, right? Have them empathize with, with their client. And I think that's, that's a great example for sure. Now a word about one of our sponsors, Strike Tax Advisory. Based in the rising tech mecca of Boise, Idaho, Strike Tax Advisory is leading the way in an $18 billion plus tax incentive market. Strike's in-house R&D and employee retention tax experts discover unclaimed government credits available to businesses. It's a lot of money people you may qualify to get R&D tax credits and of course bringing awareness to clients that their industry innovation efforts could make them eligible to receiving these credits strike is helping small and large businesses reinvest this assistance back into the business to continue in growing go to peppershock.com slash offers to get your R&D tax credit eligibility possibility Found out now, go to peppershock.com slash offers and select the link to strike tax advisory. So, okay, let's talk a little bit more about you being in the founder role and now, you know, not necessarily being involved in day-to-day because I think that there's a lot of people in our audience who are striving to get to that point, right? They've been in business for a while. They, they want to, you know, maybe get to where they don't have to, to work in the business so much that maybe they can work on the business and hire the right people. I mean, kind of talk about that journey. What got you to that point where you felt like you could let it go, let control go <laughs> and and get you to that point? What what would you say to somebody that's kind of in that moment that's trying to get there? And now that you're there, you can use that as an example and kind of maybe some of the steps that you took. And I kind of like your way of what not to do and what to do. <laughs>
0: Oh man! And if we're being honest, I have a lot longer list on the don't do this than I do on the do this. Um, and I also haven't figured this out fully. This is a fairly new part of my journey with disruptive as well. Right. So I'll I'll, I'll share what I've learned uh, and my experience on that. And uh, the 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 first thing is um, there is a book called Traction. Mm-hmm. And um, EOS and EOS the mm-hmm. EO entrepreneurial operating system. It's a framework to run the business by. And you know, if I could go back to myself ten years ago, I'd say read this book and look for your counterpart sooner rather than later. Because I actually went more of a solopreneur route, which comes with its trade-offs. I've had some minority owners in the business along the way, but I've always been the primary owner and still am today as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's trade-offs that come with that, but Um, In the EOS model, it talks about two types of people that you need to be successful. One is more of the visionary, which is going to be, you know, what you typically think is more of your Mm -hmm. uh, brand ambassador, ideas for strategy, lots of uh, exciting things to chase and go after and those types of things, and kind of more of your prototypical entrepreneur. And I absolutely fit that mold uh, very well
2: that's that's my role as well
0: (laughs) yeah and then the second one is the is the integrator which is going to be making sure that the day-to-day business runs incredibly well and that we deliver on that brand promise that we're executing well that the trains leave on time and get a lot of satisfaction over a well-run organization and so what i did is is through i'm a high energy person um i've got a lot of grit and a lot of uh just make it happen in me And so just kind of through brute force for the first while of a business, tried to fill both of those roles. Um, And uh, part of me enjoyed that. But when I'm the happiest, I'm bigger picture. I'm talking to clients. I'm talking bigger picture strategy. I'm kind of setting the vision and helping us go where we want to go. But if I don't have a counterpart that says, I love all these ideas, Jake let's make sure we prioritize the right ones Mm -hmm. and that we actually have a plan to execute them. And you don't even have to execute all of it. I can work with the team to make sure it's all executed. Okay. (laughs) But I'm going to, I'm going to hold, make sure that we're actually prioritizing the right things. And so um, we've been adopting and implementing that model for the last two years. It's been incredibly helpful. And then I hired a president uh, two years ago that's actually transitioned and now is in the CEO role and running the day-to-day business and it took some time for us to get on the same page and felt kind of awkward of co-leading the company um, and, and who's really the boss here. And I have such a big personality and, <laughs> and I'm so persuasive that when I'm in the room, the team was starting to have a hard time owning the strategy, moving things forward because they saw it as the right thing to do versus, well, what would Jake want me to do here? And, and kind of always looking to like, do I approve? Is this going to make me happy? And it was starting to hold them back. And it was starting to hold me back when I was involved to that level of detail in the business as well. And so now when I get to spend time having great conversations with people like you, Ray, being more of a, I I consider myself the mascot um, for for the business to attract top talent and top clients. um, Then it frees me up to really focus on the part that lights me up and that I'm best at anyway. And so. I think things play out the way they do for a reason. And the moment that we're ready for it, the opportunities actually find us. And so it took me 10 years to figure it out. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe I'm just slower than the average bear at, at figuring those things out. But oh, no. uh, it I'm was doing it for 20, a process so and you're, a journey.
2: You're, you're there. You're good. You're doing good. <laughs> no, and, and it's true. I think that there is something to be said about that letting go. In fact, my staff got me the the frozen doll, Let It Go. Right? <laughs> I mean oh, nice. You know, like a squirrel because you're squirreling. Don't you know? Um, what is it? The the cow? It's like a sacred cow. They have different things that you know you can throw at, and the meaning like, okay, don't beat a dead horse. These types of things. Yeah, no, they actually have a frozen doll for me. <laughs> Let it go. Let it go. But it's true. I think if you can train your people and get them to where they can do things without saying, what would Ray or what would Jake do? You know, getting past that and, and giving them the freedom to do it. And they may not do it the way we would do it. Right? Right. And as long as they get the results, that's what matters the most. And it's definitely a journey to go through that process because it's, it's, you know, you started the company, right? And it's your baby. And now you have to like release control and give other people the opportunity to be able to do what they can do best. If you give them that opportunity, right?
0: Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, when I look back at, well, how did I figure it out? Well, cause I did my best, plenty worked, plenty didn't. And then I learned and then I moved forward. And it can be challenging when letting go of, like, "Oh, you." I can see how that won't work. Let me let me help you not experience that, not working. And right. that's actually the very thing that will help them to learn and grow and move forward. And that's challenging. It is challenging to to let go of that, and something that I've, that's still a practice, not a perfect for me.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I can certainly relate with everything that you are saying for sure. That's awesome. I'm glad that there are other people in the world experiencing the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of other resources and things that, I mean, EOS and traction is great, but what are some, maybe some other like books or podcasts or, um, resources that have helped you along the way and whether they're marketing related or business related or both?
0: Yeah, I read a lot of books and, they say, leaders it's a good leaders, one.
2: right? Leaders are readers.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I usually get through probably about three books a month on average, uh, depending on the length of those. And I, I will tell you those that I've consumed many times are probably the ones I should highlight here because a lot of them are one and dones and mm-hmm. kind of move on and, and, and don't come back to that. Uh, essentialism is one that would felt very transformational for me. Um, Uh, prioritizing what matters most instead of trying to prioritize everything, which is as an achiever and someone that likes to win is something that I struggled with and, and came at a very high cost emotionally um, in my relationships for the business, for all of those things. And I think that was a transformational one, but I will tell you the one that has been uh, practicing the power of now by Eckhart Tolle is one that has been very transformational for me as Just as a person, and that that has translated and and shined in the business a lot more as well. Where I really just encourages um, living more in the present moment and working through what's happening in the present moment, showing up to serve the present moment rather than living in the past or trying to anticipate the future nonstop as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's where a lot of the magic happens is just right now. And uh, so that's the book over the over the last year that's been. 've I've probably read it over 10 times
2: oh wow actually good good yeah i I do audible I listen to a lot of books um just from you know doing different things and and it's just everyone's different right they can consume it in different ways and so I do similar things where I listen to a lot or podcast a lot and you it, it is, there are definitely ones that you come back to that you want to re-listen to parts of it again. And, and, you know, just, and like all the traction and um, EOS books too, I've come back to a few of those as well, just to re- like, get it back ingrained in my brain and make sure we're doing what we want to do and practice EOS as like you said, practice, it's not perfect, but for sure, for sure. Um, okay. So let's see. Uh, <laughs> I love to ask this question. If you could step into my shoes, What would you have asked yourself that I didn't yet ask you? (laughs) That's a
0: good question, Ray. Way to keep me on my toes.
2: And you want most people say that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. Here's the question. Okay. But I almost don't want to ask it. What's the thing you feel like you should share that you're the most afraid to share today?
2: Oh, What's the thing you (laughs) you are most (laughs) afraid to share that you should share today, Jay? <laughs>
0: now, I didn't agree that I'd answer the question. I just told you this is the question I would ask myself. Okay?
2: <laughs> oh, tell me more! Tell me more! This is disruptive, right? <laughs> You're getting comfortable with the uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> so, so here's what I would actually say I, I, that I would say to that. I'll answer the question. I'll play along. Um, where I've struggled the most this last year as a, as a human being, as a entrepreneur, as a professional is the things that I thought I had overcome in my personal life and my, in my marriage, at work. And when the same things resurface, it is so easy to beat myself up about that. And to feel a lot of like judgment and shame around, I thought I'd work through that. I thought I'd resolve that. I, I thought that we worked through those hard things in our, in our relationship uh, at work and these types of things. I thought I wasn't making it all about me anymore. And then I find myself making it all about me again in some relationships and things like that going on. And um, that's been challenging. It's challenging to have those same things come back up when I thought I had worked through them and solved them. And then life gives me the opportunity to practice again. And, um, and I will tell you, in transitioning out of it, uh, out of the day to day business, what I didn't realize as well as I realize now is how much I've used business as a distraction to avoid working through some of those challenges, and like keeping them more at bay rather than actually accepting them and working through those. And. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what's coming up. I realize that's a little bit generic, but I'm sure you and a lot of others can relate to that as well. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. No, I won't I won't get I won't ask you to get specific, but I think I can understand for sure. And there's different things that happen, you know, from when you first start the business and the way that leaders behave to where they transition and recognize and realize and and i certainly can relate to that i mean when i first started the business i was young and i was female and i had a chip on my shoulder and i had something to prove and had to you know make sure that everybody knew that i could do it and you know and now it's like okay well i don't really care what people think as much Mm -hmm. (laughs) as i did you know when i first started and didn't i you know i've proven now i don't have to sit there and try to prove that i know anything about marketing or anything like that so i can absolutely relate how you change and work through the different personality traits that you may not always appreciate as much as you do others, right? (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yes, indeed. Um, Well, I guess I could ask what was the the characteristic that has served you well in your career? And you pretty much answered that one. But uh, (laughs) do you want to add any more to that?
0: I mean, I think the only thing I would add to that is, contrast is what makes life beautiful. And, and just recognizing that it doesn't mean that challenges don't still feel hard, but it's always been worth it to just work through them. And, uh, and I feel like that's, I don't know, I just feel like that's the difference is like just an uncanny desire to you know what, this is hard, and I'm going to do it anyway.
2: Right, talk through it. And uh, you say contrast, I love that because my husband and I run, run the business together and we are kind of like yin and yang, <laughs> almost to almost to all points, right? I'm extrovert, he's introvert. I'm, you know, I love to be around people. He gets drained by people, you know, he can do it. But it's like, we're, yeah, so contrast is a good word. I like that a lot. Yeah. And having other people with other varying opinions and and being able to look at things differently than what you would look at them is a good thing even though sometimes in the moment it it seems awful.
0: (laughs) It sure can, can't it?
2: But it makes you better. It makes you better. Healthy conflict. That's what we call that. (laughs) Good, good, good. Um, Okay, so now that you're in this position, where do you see yourself in the next, I don't know, two to five to 10 years? Where do you want to go from here?
0: Yeah, well, I think... Uh, big picture, I'll start. You know, I've got four kids that are between fifteen and three,
2: uh-huh. and I'm
0: and I'm excited to have some great adventures with them. Yeah, uh, my my wife and I have been exploring a lot more of the meditation side of things and been doing some fun activities and retreats with that. So I'm very excited about that part of my life. Um, and then, as far as the business is concerned, uh, what what I get very excited about is usually at this stage is when entrepreneurs sell their business or Take a step back from the business, and I've chosen to take a step back from it because I like the community that that gives me, um, uh, the impact that we're having, and the relationships that come with that. When I look down the road for disruptive, we've actually uh, limited the number of clients that we'll work with. Um, in terms of, there's a cap. There's a finite number of clients that we'll work with, and we only. There's some natural attrition, of course, that occurs, um, but we we want our growth to be tied to the growth of our clients and um, that feels so aligned and we have to believe in the brands to want to work with them to feel like we can help them grow so that we can grow as well and i will tell you for the first eight years of the business it was hey as long as you're not a bad fit we'll take any business we can get And the last couple of years we've said we don't want to play that game anymore we want to work with brands and people that we believe in because that's what just makes coming to work fun every day And so when I look at the next few years, it's just, I'll get to work with people and brands that I believe in and together create an environment where we can both realize and live our potential and just enjoy a hell of a ride together uh, through life.
2: I love that. We say fun, fun, fame or fortune, you get to pick two, right? If it's fun, maybe there's, you know, maybe you'll make some money at it. Fame, maybe it's not necessarily fortune, but it's like for a nonprofit and you get notoriety and, you know like publicity because you've surrounded a brand that you want to support. So that's the, you know, the fame. And then of course, always we want to have fun and fun is part of our, like, you know, overall core values. When we did the EOS system, we came up with, you know, the number one thing is we want to have fun. Right. And if you're not having fun, why do it? Right. So I agree with that. I think that's a great place to be and continue to select who you want to work with. And and you're right, when you first start, you kind of just take what you can get, because you, you know, want st- to stay alive in business. But after you get to start kind of honing in on who you want to work with, because they're, you know, they've got great client worthiness, uh, <laughs> you know, that they want, you want to be a part of, that's great. So a couple more questions for you, and then we'll, we'll wrap up. Uh, but I am curious, as somebody who's, you know, now in the position that you're in, what kinds of types of clients do you want to work with specifically? Like, what are the, the, what are the kind of the criteria that you look for that would make your most ideal client? See, now I'm throwing it back at you. You do this for your clients, right? Who is it that you, who is it that you really, truly believe in that you want to work with or that maybe you have that have been a good example? And you can just, if you don't want to name names, that's fine. You can name kind of the industry or, you know, specifics, but what is your most ideal client?
0: Yeah. We, we work with a pretty broad swath of uh, clients, but when I, when I if I were to just define a couple of attributes that we look for, is their, their past viability um, with their business, so they do have a good product market fit. Like they've got a product or a service that is of value, and they've got a business that works. They just don't know how to grow it to the next level. And that, from a business cycle, usually means businesses between three to 50 million in annual revenue is kind of like, our zone that we operate in. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're looking for more of a, a, a strategic marketing partner, not a button pusher that just does whatever you ask them to do. Right. We don't, we, they want a strategic marketing partner. <clears throat> they want to grow, but their goals are aligned with the impact that they want their products and services to have for their customers, for their employees. And that growth doesn't trump the the impact and the value that they're adding um, through their products and services as well. Both matter. Um, but, but uh, they prioritize that and we want to feel like it's going to be fun to work with them as well. So they want to grow. They've got a good product or service. We think they'd be fun to work with. And we believe we can be that strategic partner to help them double in size and feel very excited to do it. And that's like, that's when we're like, hell yeah, let's go. Let's, let's, yeah, this will be fun.
2: And Jacob, are you a full service agency or do you really specifically, capitalize on kind of the lead gen side or maybe what is your sweet spot of services that you provide for your clients?
0: Yeah, we are not a full service agency, but we are a performance marketing agency. And so I think of anything that's measurable and that we can hold accountable to a number is what we're doing. So we're not a branding agency and we're not, we have supporting creative services, but I would not describe us as a branding or a creative agency. Um, but what we are known for is we ma- we have managed billions of dollars in ad spend on Google, social platforms, Amazon, um, and we can back that up with good nurture programs through targeting, uh, email, text, uh, and just lifecycle marketing services and making sure they convert on the website as well. So we're really more of that performance marketing partner aspect of, of the marketing, not as much the brand side.
2: Right. That's where they can come to us to do that. (laughs) Exactly. We do video and creative services. And we also partner with other agencies who do things that we don't necessarily do as well. So that's the idea is to collectively come together to look at our clients' best interests, no matter who our partners are, right? We want to make sure that they're going to be getting the results that they need. And that performance is going to produce the results. So yeah, definitely. So, um, that's really a good description of, of what it is that you are looking for as far as the client goes and and who your ideal client is. Now I'm going to flip it. Cause you, you asked this of your clients, I want you to tell me a story about one of your employees and what you have done for them and why you do what you do because of them. Mm. What I did there. It's a callback. I,
0: <laughs> I, I see what you did there, Ray. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't want to overthink it. The first person that came to mind is our current head of people and culture. And actually, I just got promoted to a chief of staff role.
2: Oh, good. And
0: it has been so fun to see her from when she started as uh, an account manager, coming in, figuring things out, Um, uh, was a single mom, and just trying to figure out life and work and, and all of the things. And it has been so fun to watch her progress to being on the executive team and thriving and making such a big impact both for everyone at work um as well as in her personal life as well and she just embodies our core values and what we're about and like she's you know she's the reason and people and so I could give you countless examples like that are the reason why I'm like this is totally worth all the heartache that comes with running a business and owning a business mm-hmm. because it I get inspired. It helps me to learn and grow when I see people doing that, and it's pretty special. So that's the that's the first person that came to mind.
2: I love that you call her that. She's promoted to chief of chief of staff, right? So she was HR director and then chief of staff. Yeah,
0: yeah. She was a marketing account manager that um, very aligned with our core values. Decided to make a career change. We took a chance on her and and put her into a more HR role for her to do that. And then it progressed into what it is now. And so I just appreciate the courage to make a pivot, try something different, follow, follow your heart, and uh, watch what it turns into. Very inspirational.
2: Now, are you, is your office, do, do does everyone come to the office or are you working like a hybrid or are you remote? Or what's what's the result of the pandemic for you in the, yeah. what works work in the workspace now? <laughs>
0: Yeah, our headquarters is in Utah, and we used to have everyone go going. We had like 40,000 square feet of office space, and everyone was coming in. Um, since the pandemic, we've actually uh, we, we shrunk our office in half. We have a good headquarters that people can go to and use, but we used to only hire in Utah for the last three years. We've been hiring throughout the country, and we're about 50-50 now, and uh, so we have you know, anywhere from like a few to 20 people show up to the office on any given day, but mostly remote
2: at this point. Yeah. actually, kind of a hybrid. We have, we have a couple people who come every day and that's like, that's what they need. Right. That's what they want. And then I have some, you know, parents that work from home or they, maybe they'll come in once or twice a week. And then, you know, it just it's, it's, flexible flex space now really you know so yeah we're kind of going through that now what do we want to do moving forward <laughs> do we need as much space as we've had or not and we have a studio too so we're kind of going through that same like hmm <laughs> what's going to be work what what will work what is work like coming to you know the in the next future but it's it's evolving all where people can now get people from all over the world even to work together Yep. Yep. For sure. All right. Um, well we can wrap up, but is there anything else that you would like to share? Maybe, um, how people can get in touch with you or, um, you know, how they can follow you and all that kind of good stuff too. Yeah, you
0: bet. I'm the most active on LinkedIn. And I always love to hear a good story of what got you from where you were to where you are today. And so if you'd like to connect on LinkedIn, hit me up there. That's where I'm the most active. Um, you'll find me. There's a lot of A's in my last name, Jacob Badsgard. Um, and then, and then if you're, you know, looking for the right career move or for the right agency to partner with, if, if you kind of meet the criteria that I had described earlier, you should check us out at disruptiveadvertising.com. And one of the things that we love to do, whether we work with people or not, we actually usually turn away about 90% of the people that reach out to work with us because we don't see that we're going to be the best fit. But regardless of who we talk to, we always leave them with some value and direction that's supportive for their brand and where they're trying to go. So... Feel free to reach out. We'd love to connect. And uh, yeah,
2: excellent, Jacob. Thank you so much. And I, I see in our near future us partnering together in some way or another because we're in Idaho, which is I'm in Utah a lot. And my son, my 17 year old son, just um, committed to go play D1 football at Southern Utah University. So I don't know where you are in Utah, but I'm sure we'll we will be making the travels. Very often.
0: <laughs> well, next time you're down here, I'm in Provo is where I live. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Next time you're down this way, uh, shoot Definitely. me a message and let's grab lunch or something.
2: Let's do it. Let's do it. In pre-pandemic, I actually had a satellite office in West Jordan. Oh, cool. Yeah. So for a little while, then we, uh, you know, pandemic happened and well, we didn't really have a need to have an office there anymore, but uh, I saw a few clients down there. So Utah is a great place to do business too. So we'll have to connect for sure.
0: <laughs> we do need to connect. It sounds like there's some good overlap between our approaches with the agency and we, we ought to collaborate
2: on that. Absolutely. All right. Well, for those of you listening, thank you so much. And thank you, Jacob, for, for your time today. I, this was a great conversation. I hope our audience enjoys it just as much as I did. And I'm, ho- I'm hoping you did too.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
2: Excellent. All right. For those of you listening, the best thing that you can do is share this with those that you know that could hear what Jacob had to say today. Uh, Gosh, we talked a lot of good stuff today. So I'm sure that lots of people will share this. And of course, give us those reviews. Those are super helpful. Um, If you do a review, screenshot it, send it to me and I will do some shout outs and we're posting them to social media. So you'll get some love too. If you give us some love in a review, hopefully it's all good reviews, right? Excellent, and until next time everyone, enjoy your marketing journey.
1: Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Want to continue the journey? Don't miss out on new episodes. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising?